Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica and with me today is my lovely, amazing, full of chocolate, glorious, very busy, shining co-host Amanda. I don't know. <laughs> it gets really pathetic. <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we just stop with that. Now. But why? It's so nice. It's like a little yeah. warm blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just need to get a thesaurus and get all the words out so that I yeah, have a variety to choose from and not always the <laughs> same stupid stuff that gets really weird. Anyway. Weird, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, full of chocolate woman? <laughs> I'm doing good, and I'm not that full of chocolate. I actually haven't eaten chocolate, like actual chocolate, since seeing you. But I have um, stuffed myself silly with those wafer biscuits that you gave me. <laughs> and that you filled yourself up on. Oh my god, they're so good. They're like the best things I've ever had in my life. Why did you, did you not know that these no. are, really? Well, we don't have them here. Oh, you don't have them here? But where did you buy the so. ones I, that you bought? I found them in Budapest. Ah, I hear you. And, well, actually, I've never looked. I forgot to look yesterday when I was in Lidl. But maybe next time I'm I'm in the shop, so I'll have a, have a hook through all the sweets and biscuits and stuff and see if there's these Neapolitan wafers anywhere. Yeah, I don't know if all of them are vegan, but this definitely manna is definitely vegan. Yeah, and the ones that I got in the Budapest Lidl were, or they were in Aldi actually, they're vegan because I said vegan on them. Oh, nice. So I didn't have to uh, translate anything from Hungarian oh, to English. <laughs> were they Hungarian or were they German? Because they have a lot of German products there. To be fair, I, I just kind of looked and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're vegan. Turned them over. I was like, oh, they say vegan. I don't need to look at the ingredients. <laughs> awesome. Shove it in my face. Yeah, though it's kind of having a bad effect on me because I have gained six pounds since coming to visit you, Monica. Totally not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the, that one day that I literally did nothing but eat. Well, that was a chocolate day. W wasn't it the chocolate day? I don't think so. I think it was the, the Gratz day where we had breakfast and then we had like 12 o'clock hot dogs and then we had ice cream and then we had vegan food and then I had popcorn and then we got vegan cake to come home and then we had cake and ice cream I hear what you're saying I recall <laughs> well well then I mean it was delicious I'm not complaining about my my tongue my tongue really enjoyed it <laughs> but my my belly is like maybe you should stop eating those wafers Amanda 
<laughs> I just introduced you to them. I can't be responsible for everything you do after that. But I have no sense of responsibility to myself, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I also can't <laughs> help you with that. Jeez. Jeez. What have you been doing geeky-wise in the last couple of weeks? Uh, not a lot, but I have to tell you and everyone something really random and really cool. Shoot. I got my dad to start playing Hearthstone. <laughs> That's and hilarious. he likes it. <laughs> really? On the mobile phone? He's playing on his iPad. <laughs> That's and hilarious. he likes it, but I'm really angry. Not angry, but I'm, I'm like, damn it. Because I went to give him my recruiter friend code so that I could get the the... Uh, the Morgul uh, shaman portrait because that you can only get that for recruiting a friend. And I was making him an account and I was like, what the hell? This email address is already in use. And I went downstairs like, did you make an account without me giving you my code? <laughs> so, yep, he went on ahead, made his account and he played a couple games on his own. And he said, I lost. I need more of your tutoring because <laughs> I like <laughs> tutored him all through the tutorial, like showed him how to play and yeah, so that's that's the geeky stuff that we're doing right now. I love that you spread it to your family. Of course, you can follow my dad on all so social media at Bucklebake if you want to see a 69-year-old <laughs> man playing Hearthstone. <laughs> oh, he's sharing his journey with Hearthstone? Not yet, but I'm going to make sure it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. What about you? What have you been up to since we've been gone? I fell into a big depression. Well, because you left, of course. <laughs> and but I, now you have fro-fro burrito and your depression is over. I well, hope. that is very true. I mean, fro-fro <laughs> burrito makes everything amazing. Yeah. In case you people don't know, you could if you f are a bit geeky and are in the internet on the internet for a while, you probably stumbled across the oatmeal comics and the dude who creates the oatmeal comics also created quite a few card games and board games. One of them is Exploding Kittens, for example. And he and his team just very recently crowdfunded or kickstarted another game which they call Throw Throw Burrito. And it's basically a combination of dodgeball and the card game, which I, I haven't played it yet. I obviously pledged for it. And I now have the most amazing versions of burritos uh, in the entire life. And it's probably the best purchase I've ever made in my entire <laughs> life. Behind me right now, as you unfortunately cannot see, is a floatable big burrito. And it's just freaking amazing. So hop onto Google and check it out and buy it. <laughs> can confirm that I just took pictures and I'll put them on social media so that you can see the gigantic throw throw burrito behind Monica <laughs> well <laughs> it's the best thing I ever bought and I did watch Stranger Things season 3 <gasps> no spoilers no, we I haven't seen it yet anything. Um, did you like it you can spoil us that much I think I liked it more than the other two seasons I mean Everyone keeps telling me that that's the series that I need to watch, but for whatever reason, I'm not as hardcore into it as most of the people seem to be. I'm mm. not sure if it's because it reminds me quite a bit of... Because of all the, the gross, slimy alien things, quite a bit of 
X Files, and that maybe that's the reason why I'm not 100% fangirling about it. But it's maybe not- that's the reason why I love it. <laughs> maybe that's the reason why I love it. Yeah. So I think it's nice entertainment, and I think season three is uh, probably the one I like the most from the other two. I guess. Okay, and I'm excited to see it. When you're done with the season, we have to talk about something that's just plain awesome. And I think okay. when you see it, you will know what I mean. Oh, I can't wait now. I'm like, oh, I need to watch it. <laughs> but it feels a bit like a, a slight warm-up all the time because there's always something coming. Mm-hmm. But it's still good. So you watch it. Mm-hmm. Probably. I will. You're probably going to love it. I can't wait. So... What are we here for today? Today we are reviewing the documentary, period. End of sentence. We have hinted on that one already quite a while ago when we talked about the Academy Awards because it's a short documentary. Documentary? That word, I think I'm never going, I'm never going to get that one right. Um, <laughs> you got it right though, so I don't know what you're saying. It always feels wrong when it comes out of my mouth. That also sounds very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it won an Academy Award. That's what what I tried to say. And we've looked into it now, finally. I know, it's taken us forever to actually get watching it. Even though it's only 25 minutes long, 26 minutes long. Yeah. I thought it would be longer, to be honest. Yeah, it was, they, they put so much information in quite a short, documentary um but i i enjoyed it and i found it really sad but really beautiful and really hopeful and really inspiring like the beginning i was quite sad i was yeah i think it gives an insight to something that you wouldn't think is such a huge issue anymore somehow Mm -hmm. and i think basic the perception of that most normal or human thing how it influences an entire culture somehow and and how women are treated in a culture because of the perception of something that's actually just a normal function of the of a regular female body Mm -hmm. yeah so for those of you that don't know about this documentary a brief synopsis is that it was crowdfunded and funded through bake sales and yogathons to uh, buy a group from a California school. I can't remember actually if it was university or a high school, but they crowdfunded to do this documentary about period stigma in India. And they went to a rural village with a group of women to talk about periods and uh, an amazing revolutionary low cost um maxi pad or or menstrual pad development and it turned into like women's empowerment and it was it was a really nice documentary actually i for me it felt i don't i can't explain it maybe because of the length of the thing it was it felt more like a short movie in a sense because for me somehow documentaries have more information in it as in somebody narrates you at least in parts about what's going on but because it's 25 minutes or 26 minutes only you never really the way they created this 
documentary is more that they had interviews with people and they talked to to men and women and that was most of the content that they have so they did hardly ever tell you this and this and this and this is happening but you could assume from the answers that the people gave or whatever people told you that this is how it's going down Mm -hmm. and that's just the way that they created this documentary for me was also interesting because usually as we've seen in in the mask you live in there's always someone telling you and then you have the additional footage that just underlines what 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 people also um describe you and more facts and more statistics and stuff like that we basically really only got one number in that 25 minutes which was shocking for me in itself um but other than that you could only see by the reactions of the people how how menstrual cycles are generally perceived on in the Indian countryside by both men and women um, and it was less less factual information if you know what I mean yeah it seemed like it was less less like you say factual and scientific and statistics wise and more social and cultural commentary yeah 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 very much from the from the viewpoint of the people that they were talking to mm-hmm like Monica said, there wasn't a lot of asking questions and them giving answers. It was just a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was, it, it, like I say, I found it really interesting. Also, sometimes not even a discussion, but you could read from the reactions of the guys and the girls, especially the girls, um, that this is a huge issue there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite sad at the beginning because there was... Uh, a woman interviewed or a woman speaking and she said that because of her period and the way that it worked because they would only use like they would find scrap pieces of clothing um old clothing to use just um to soak up the bleeding and when she was at school it was very inconvenient for her to deal with her menstrual cycle so she because the bathrooms were quite far away and it was disruptive and all the boys stared at her and it was uh, very uncomfortable for her. So she dropped out of school. And her biggest reason was because of her period. I didn't even think she went to the actual toilet for that one, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not sure where she went. She just said that she had to go far away from... What you could see in the beginning in general, they were asking uh, girls about their period and they were super ashamed. Like they were really embarrassed, super ashamed. Nobody, like hardly... A girl in an actual age where they would already get their period would admit that they already have the period. Um, they, they, they. You could see they did want to talk about it at all. And also, if you ask, they also then uh, on the other side ask if you men and boys, um, if they know what that is, and they said that it's a disease that women have, which <laughs> I found super. I was just. Well, if you think that that's a disease, then I find the entire perception of of females is totally well. You you think all of the women are sick? Then basically, if you think that a period is a disease, mm-hmm. which I found super horrible, and as you said, um, they just use random fabrics to 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 avoid the bleeding. But they can't tell anyone. And what I thought that woman did was go 
far, far, not even on toilet, but somewhere in the field, because later in the movie, you could see that they're walking through cornfields and stuff. And one woman also said that she went somewhere through the fabric away. Her dogs then brought the bloody fabric back because obviously that's what dogs do. Um, (laughs) And so I think that she just walked like cross country somewhere in the fields to get rid of the fabric. But unfortunately there were too many men. That's why she could not really get rid of it there but also then could not properly stay in school at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there was definitely a lot of shame and stigma and embarrassment and um, almost like a sense of being unwelcome when girls and women were on their periods. Um, And it's not just at school. Women aren't allowed to go to temple when they're on their period because they're deemed as unsanitary, which is gross. Like It's gross in the fact that, like, periods are actually like the blood is very clean right so and it's natural and like they said in the documentary as well it's like they pray to a female goddess Mm -hmm. and they identify with her and they say why shouldn't we be allowed to go to temple when she is a woman and she would also get a cycle Mm. an old an elderly woman there said though that that's old blood and that's why it's dirty Mm -hmm. so that's also probably the general perception that it's dirty blood yeah but i did like her connection with the female goddess with the goddess oh yeah that they like she we are just like her she is just like us she will bleed too yeah i have a a vague memory that that was something that was already um kicked through that demonstration we talked about it once geek girl in the news so that's not 100 percent valid anymore so that's cool I'm sure that there is still a little bit of stigma around oh, it, yeah. but not like it was. And one of the men actually said that when women were on their period uh, and they came to temple, that their prayers never were heard. Like their prayers weren't heard because they were bleeding. Yeah. I was like, that's really sad that you actually think that. Since obviously the fabric situation isn't ideal because they don't use clean fabrics, but like use fabrics from clothes, as Amanda said, that's also not very ideal and problematic um, because you need yeah, to be like, clean down there yeah it's like risk of disease and infection yeah. and it's all gross really using just whatever you can find i don't like the thought of putting that next to my lady parts but then a guy which i find really interesting somehow it's both i'm both slightly annoyed that it's a guy again but also find it pretty positive considering that that's such a tense topic that's a guy invented it so i'm torn (laughs) i know i have to share a personal experience um because i spent a lot of time in sri lanka Mm -hmm. when my parents were living there and i took my period while we were at a very rural place um like it wasn't popular amongst tourists it was just it was very rural and it was unexpected that i took it so i had to try to find something and I could only find like these absolutely gigantic, really, really thick, uncomfortable pads um, sold by a guy who just kind of looked at me like really strangely that I was trying to buy them at this like little tiny roadside shop. Um, And I was like, well, still need them. This is really awkward. So like, that's how, how I felt getting that. I felt that as a tourist um, buying these. And so I just can't imagine what the locals have to feel like as well. And like, there weren't that many pads there. 
Yeah. So I feel like it's something that wasn't readily available. Yeah. In rural Sri Lanka. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I just wanted to to say that that was my experience, and I'm sure, you know, if you're living there every month trying to get something to sort this, it yeah. would turn into quite a headache. Oh, I imagine, and also. That's why I really like that in the in the documentary that it was actually the women going around and selling the pads, even mm-hmm. though the, the a guy invented the machine how to create proper pads. I mean, proper pads is probably questionable, but at least some pads that's not fabrics. Yeah, well, it seemed like they were more absorbable than the other pads that were on the market because in their demonstrations, they held up like the pad that they made and like this flimsy thing that. Some, but it like, looked the flimsy thing you say it looked like an always pad it did yeah and their pad absorbed more which means that they're more cost effective and i think it's a, at least a way of getting rid of the fabric i mean you should not keep the pad in in general for longer period of time um because of this it all it's written everywhere in these um in the pads but i don't remember and also, I don't know the English word for it, but you should not carry a pad for longer than a few hours because of mm-hmm. the you can get some other thing from it. But I think that's not knowledge that not that's not common knowledge yet there. So that's obviously ve- way more practical to have a pad who can carry as much as possible mm-hmm. because that means they can keep it in as long as possible, mm-hmm. even though that's not ideal either. But it's at least somehow an improvement to the wet fabrics that they shove into their pants definitely definitely because you don't want to shove just anything next to your bits you know yeah and the cool thing about this was that this even though the machine was built by a guy um women then he brought women to the machine and then they built it but they also started to sell it yeah so they built the machine in one woman's house And they actually asked her husband if he knew what they built. And she had told him that they, it was a Huggies making machine, which is a brand of diapers. (laughs) And so he thought that they were making diapers for babies in their house. And he was like, okay. Does she constantly um, said that he knows what it's for, but he's not publicly admitting that that's what it's for. So we, we, we didn't, actually find out if he really thinks it's it's diapers or if he's just too scared to say that it's actual actual period pads yeah which is both sad and hilarious at the same time probably more sad but still kind of hilarious as he thinks it's probably more sad but yeah definitely hilarious as well (laughs) (laughs) you can you can't avoid the smirk about it somehow because like well (laughs) not diapers mate (laughs) yeah so what i found quite interesting is that they didn't um they didn't have a set time for electricity like in rural india they don't always have electricity and they don't know when they're going to have electricity so it's just kind of a a guessing game so the women were sometimes out in the workshop in the middle of the night which is when they actually got electricity sometimes running the machines that needed it in order to keep up with production and yeah getting getting the job done yeah for women all over the region i find that so empowering in so many ways 
Mm-hmm. So the the entire project with creating sanitary pads um, with the women there is so empowering because not only is it um, educating other women around the topic and getting rid of the stigma because it will improve the women's lives there if they do have proper pads, um, but also it created workplaces for women mm-hmm. and especially for some who are what was that one looked like she was 70 or something maybe yeah for whom it was the first job she ever did and women started to earn money because of that project yeah which empowered them hugely as well and they they told a few stories where a woman bought something for her brother even though that's totally unusual because usually the brother buys something for the sister and she was super proud that she could buy something for her brother that I found also really really empowering. Yeah it was so nice just uh, being able to make pads like it's not only giving them a solution for this monthly problem it's giving them independence yeah and just yeah like monica says empowering them and i love the name that they gave their pads as well they called them fly yeah uh, because they want women to rise and fly it's so cool and they also said that the sanitary pads like they're making them for their own livelihood yeah and just i think that's great even here when you get into the monthly time of the month maybe some don't but in general if you encounter your period, you're always you're always thinking about it, even though you are prepared and equipped with the proper materials that you can use. So we have a variety of products to choose from, but you still are concerned that nothing is leaking and nothing is showing up. So I can't even imagine what it must be like to run around in a culture where one it's super super stigmatized you're ashamed that it's even going on and then you have only fabrics in your pants and you still have to leave the house because you do whatever take care of your kids or take care of someone else you can't just hide away for the time so you're living in constant fear that something shows or something is leaking that's why i really like the name that they chose as well as you said because it is even if you think about it is really limiting your life yeah having your period can be very limiting but the way that that they are they're doing this here um in india they're going door to door um selling the pads which i thought was quite cool and they really made the point that women like to buy from other women especially this kind of product like they feel shame buying it in front of men and most shop owners in rural India are men and they, sh- they showed plenty of men and the, the girls trying to sell their products to them at these wee roadside shops and they wouldn't they refused to stock them they were like no there's other shops up the road go to them and so they just kind of gave up doing that and started going door to door but still even then like some women were reluctant or even downright refused to to try them because it was so different from what they've grown up with it was mostly older women and they were having like workshops showing them how to use the pads and stuff and they said at the end does anybody want to buy a pack and like the first girl to to say yes like she was so embarrassed when she took the pack like she hid she was she was really like crazy embarrassed about it quite ashamed and yet at the same time it's something so empowering and 
again, it opens up so many possibilities for her. And you could see once that first person bought a pack, then the rest of the workshop and the rest of the f- women, they then also bought one. So so mm-hmm. it sometimes just needs one brave person to encourage others around them that it's okay yeah. to get a pack. And, and if she buys something, then it's, I'm not the only one to admit that I need it. It's the herd mentality working in a good way. Yeah. Another thing that I really liked about this documentary is quotes from some women. Um, There was one from a teacher. And um, actually, I think they're both from teachers. And I want to say the first one. And it was, I, I just loved it. It gave me chills. They said, the thing is, when there is a patriarchy, it takes a long time to be able to discuss things like feminism. Even for us women, it takes a long time, but it will happen. And I like that because it's true. Like it's true mm-hmm. all across the world, but even more when already being a woman and having a, like a natural monthly cycle is so shameful and opening up and talking about it is is hard. But the more women that do talk about it and then the more men, like the man who created this machine, like the more men that get on board and accept it, it's it's happening. Even in rural India, it's happening. And it just goes to show like even with that geek girl in the news that we talked about a few months ago with the the hand-holding all across India, like the gigantic line of mm. hands, things are changing and it's amazing. Th- those are good things to see happening despite a lot mm-hmm. of unfortunate stuff going on in the world. But it's not all bad. <laughs> and there was definitely a, a sense of pride and respect coming from the women earning their own money as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Um, like their husbands were feeling respect for their wives and their wives, like the women were feeling respect for themselves that they're earning their own money, that they have, they don't have to rely on the men in their lives to buy them things, to do things, to actually bring money into the household. I really like the sentence. And that's someone that that the women themselves said. So it's not that someone else told, asked them and they just agreed, but they said themselves that the men respect them now. So I mm-hmm. feel that's just a sign again that, yes, even though they're living in a, patriarchic culture still that doesn't mean that all of the men subscribe to what that means because that doesn't mean that everybody wants that his his wife is staying at home and taking care of the kids but they also would encourage them to do more if that was just something they saw more because mm-hmm. I feel, especially in rural areas, you just don't see stuff enough. And as we constantly say, it's not real for you if you don't see it. So you need to see it to be it. So if you if yeah. p- if people start seeing it more and also men start seeing it more, then it starts to become more accepted or in general. I loved that there was uh, one or two girls that were aspiring to be police officers. And they said that there was a, a girl, a woman that they looked up to who was a police officer. And because she was a respected police officer, she was well known because obviously there aren't many female police officers in India. But this girl, this woman, she was really well known. She was really respected. And because she was respected, her family was respected. Her dad was respected. And they really looked up to her because of this. And at the end of the documentary, they said that the, the girls who were making the money from from making and selling these pads, some of them were using that money to fund their training to become police officers. So they're using this the empowerment of making and using pads 
to actualize her dream of being a police officer. It's brilliant. I liked how she said, usually when you grow up and become a wife, then nobody will know you by your name. People will always know your husband and they will forget you but because of forget you as a person somehow and you will always be known as the wife of some man or the daughter of some man but as it is for the policewoman people know her by her name and mm -hmm. her father is her father and she's not the daughter of of that man anymore but she's the actual person that people know and that's what inspired her to also become a policewoman because she she wants to be known as well. I like that a lot as well. Um, there was another quote towards the end from a teacher and I just loved it. She said, women are the base of any society and women are more powerful, but they don't recognize themselves. They don't know how much power they have and what they can do. And not long after that quote, there was some men who were saying that You know, God has given us cows and God has given us working horses and God has given us so many strong animals, but the strongest per, the, the strongest animal on earth is, is the girl. And I was like, oh, that came from a man. That's amazing. He, he <laughs> said, like, the strongest animal is not a, a lion. It's not a tiger. And it's not another, some other wow. cat, he said. You paid, you paid better attention to the quote than I did. It's still the same content. But I like that he compared it also to, like, lions and tigers. Yeah, these fierce and ferocious animals, yeah. I really enjoyed this documentary, and I think everyone should watch it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I wish it would be a bit longer, to be honest. It was over yeah, so fast. I, I appreciate that it, it was a, a school project, maybe, is, yeah. is how it came across. But yeah, I agree. I wish that it was longer. I would have enjoyed to have a longer look into this. I would enjoy seeing a, an hour and a half, maybe, documentary with more stats. Because one guy said that they want a certain amount of women to use the pads because now it's just 10% who use pads. Wow. So that's where I was like, wow, that's yeah. really low. So those are just things that I would, I feel that goes well with a documentary that still focuses a lot on, on the social context and social interviews. I feel there is so much more to know about that. And mm -hmm. it's hard to, to squeeze all that in in 25 minutes. So I would would really enjoy a longer version of it with yeah. more deeds. We can crowdfund for a longer period documentary. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, crowdfunding in yoga-thons, that's probably the best way to fund uh, a documentary. <laughs> I Don't like forget the bake sales. The bake sales, sorry. The bake sales. They're important because yes. then you get cookies. I can do yoga first and then I can get a cookie. I like the idea oh, yeah. of that. A reward for yoga. I like it. Totes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can find more information about this project at thepadproject.org. And you can also donate to help bring these low-cost machines to India, to rural India. We will totally link that in the comments. Um, there are options on the website how you can get involved and how you can donate. And you can watch the documentary on Netflix. Yes. And it's called exactly that, period, end of sentence. End of sentence. Unless you're German, then it's called Stigma Monatsblutung. <laughs> so wow. For all the German listeners out there, that's the one. <laughs> Because we seem to need our own names for so much. You always do. Yeah. 
I don't know. But yeah, it's really worth a watch. So go check that out. Worth a watch, not just for, for women, but for men as well, to get more insight. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel we need to degross that entire topic in general. We just need to humanize the period. We need a catchier catchphrase. Make periods great again. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, really bad, I know. Because they're not great. They're They're pretty shitty. But they happen, and they're normal. You scolded me when I said they weren't great. <laughs> Last no, they're time. not great. They're, they are, they are, they're, they're not great, but they happen and we just need to accept and celebrate them because while they are annoying, they also bring life. Thanks listeners for joining us on this awesome review of the documentary period end of sentence. If you've seen it or if you are watching it because of a recommendation, we would love if you let us know in the comments on anywhere that you see this episode, or you can join us on discord at geekcaring.com forward slash discord. And we would just like to say a thank you to Steve, who gave us a five-star rating on iTunes without comments. <laughs> but we saw a screenshot, so thanks for that. Thanks, Steve. So see you again next week, I guess. Not you guess. We will. We will be here next week <laughs> yeah. to bring you more geek feminism. Awesome. I'm excited. Me too. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.